I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This week over on the Guitar Nerds Patreon episode, we are talking about the gear of the year from 2006. Remember that glorious time? Dragon Force were in the charts. Uh... Red Hot Chili Peppers were doing stuff. You can hear our thoughts about that time over at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. $5 a month gets you the extra episode where we talk about stuff that we can't talk about on the regular podcast. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this morning by Matt Knight. Hello. Joe Branton. Hello. And Jay Cross. Why have I been relegated? You're lowest yeah. in the league now. Literally, I just looked around the circle and uh, that's, yeah. That's not how it works. Joined this morning by Matt Knight. Hello. Joe Branton. Hello. And Jay Cross. <laughs> Why have I been relegated? <laughs> I feel like we're in a loop here. I was, I was trying to work out this morning, out of the four of us... In what order did people wake up? Okay, go on then. That's good because it is it is early this morning. We're recording on Sunday morning again, which is becoming a new guitar nerd's time slot. Um, I mean, I was up at mm, about six, quarter, mm, about half five, six o'clock with cat uh, noises. No, well, I was up, up like excluding cat because you can go back to sleep after a. I didn't go, didn't go back to sleep, mate. Okay, got to get so up. I'd say you probably got up first, although I did technically get up earlier. Um, but I went back to bed and then I would say maybe me then Jay then Joe what time did you get up Matt? I got up at 7.15 ah well, well you'd be wrong then wouldn't you because I got up at 7.14 <laughs> so, so annoying Joe Brandon probably got up at 10 minutes before now well, I was assuming, 100% Joe, we, we were supposed to start at 9 and I assume Joe got up at nine, 10 past 9 can I, can I, can I just if if the, I left the if, house at nine. Let me tell you, if the guitar nerd, if the four of us heard this conversation five years ago, we would all be so upset with ourselves, except yeah. for Mark, oh, who I, hasn't changed since like you were about 19. I used to get up early, not when I was 19, I used to get up early for school because I wanted to watch The Big Breakfast from the beginning before I left. Two lock keepers, cottages, old Ford, lock, London E3, 2 and N. Exactly that. Exactly that. So, as you can hear, um, all four of us are back in the room. And what scintillating conversation this is. Last so week, we're, we're reminiscing about the fact that we're up. Oh, actually, I think I was up earlier. I was up you. first. No, I was up earlier. I'm the most responsible adult. Um, someone raised a good point earlier uh, because Jay's got a South Park mug here. Um, who would we be if we were the characters <laughs> of South Park? I'm going to put that out to the, um, the Facebook group. Um, um, and I thought I'd raise it early in the pod because that's when most of you are listening. So um, <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, go onto the Facebook Joe group. Joe hasn't offended anybody. Yeah, go onto the Facebook group. And, I haven't um, bored anyone to tears. Much like we did before with the uh, the Ninja Turtles. Tell us who would be who uh, in the, uh, the South, out of the four South Park boys. I'm guessing Joe Brandon's going to be Cartman, surely. Why? Mm, just sort of most annoying, uh, the one, the most controversial figure. The main character, mm, maybe. Um, so we all know that. We all know that Stan's dad is the main character. Come on, he's the best. Um, so yeah, as you can hear, we're all uh, back and ready to roll for another exciting week of the uh, of the Guitar Nerds podcast. Not so much to cover in terms of news this week because, well, 
it's a bit of a weird one because it's it was Music Messer this week, which normally in the past few years has meant bumper episode of news, <clears> loads <throat> of new products released. This year, I think basically it was one thing. Oh my goodness! That was relevant to the podcast. But it's not just the releases; it was the whole thing. It's any video footage or it was just photos nothing. from Music Messer looks. It looks quiet. Yeah, it looked terrible. Yeah, the like, only thing that I saw was um, the guy who runs Effects Database, Disco Freak, I think his name is. Um, he went and did a video like panning around the uh, amplifier room, and there was like three people in there. And this yeah. was like when the show was open. And I saw in his comments, um, someone said, "Oh, you know, I'm planning on going. You know, do you think I'll be able to see it all in two days?" And he basically said, "I did the entire show in two hours." So, yeah, it doesn't bode think, well for Music Messer. I guess the thing is, is that NAM is obviously not cheap. Yeah. Most manufacturers, unless they're a huge you know, company or corporation, are quite small outfits. And most of them are based in America. Yeah. So it's not worth the expense of, like, Ryan from Fuzzrocious, like, coming all the way to Europe. I, I actually also think that do door that. that door swings the other way as well. Flights to America have become so cheap. Yeah. Like Ten years ago, it would have cost a £1,000 a person to go. This year, what have we spent? Like £300 a head to, to go out there? Yeah, not exactly. Yeah. It's, it's so affordable to get to the States for the Europe, European and UK people now that, yeah. that everyone from this end might as well do NAM because well, it's bigger. Having said that, the role of these shows, I think, has changed. Where before, there would obviously be a sales event because, you know, if you were a music shop in, I don't know, wherever... Missouri or whatever you you know you wouldn't have the internet to find out about these things you'd rely on a rep to come around and then you'd go to the show to see what the new things were that you would be purchasing for that year whereas now it's much more of a marketing event and it's much more about you know influencers yeah. coming in and and independent you know independent PR sources and things like that they want one place to go to where they can see basically everything and most of that's based in the States and it's much more expensive for those people to come here than it is for us to go to um, to NAM. Um, and also, yeah. Music Mess is a bit of a weird time because it's not it's not that far from Winter NAM, but it's also not that far from Summer NAM, which is when? June? End of uh, last... Last like, weekend of June. Weeks. Right, okay. Yeah, last weekend of June. So it's not that far off, is it? And how many manufacturers have gone, right, we've got a new product at Winter NAM, and we've got a new product for Music Messer, and we've got a new product for Summer Nam. It's yeah. not really not that really. likely, is only, it? Only, you know, as as I guess we'll see in the news, only the absolute biggest companies yeah. are, the, are the people who can gear up for yeah. that sort of thing. definitely. You know, I, I also saw some things. Henning Pauli uh, put up a couple of pictures that he was taking of sort of round the side from where they'd walled off the the hall to show that there was exactly the same amount of space again left over that wasn't yeah. being used that was being fake walled <clears throat> off yeah I mean and they that, probably weren't it's not like they were covering that up I don't no, think that's like course. a scoop oh no but. no no it's not that no it's not a scoop it's not that not that they were hiding it but it's just like wow that has shrunk yeah I kind of wonder if they'll just change venue next year if it happens at all because um, you know I do think there is a role for a show in Europe but I just think the timing is odd because you know with so many brands putting everything into winter nam and then some of them then doing summer nam not even everyone does that most people just do winter nam it is a bit weird to then have this kind of smaller show that is logistically more difficult for big brands to um to attend it's it's weird isn't it because the nam hall is so massive yeah if you wanted to do something in europe you need somewhere of like equal size well, or, or do you, or is it is it a more, you know, do these things come down to more targeted events? You know, is there well, like a, a pedal summit or something where it's just I, pedal I manufacturers? I still miss the one in, in Birmingham NEC yeah. that I went to when I was like 15 or 16 that was absolutely massive. I just, yeah, I don't think you could do, I don't think there's the need for that anymore, you know, because most retailers and most press and stuff go to NAM. so I'd... I'd I don't yeah. know how that show would survive. You know, we've obviously got things like the uh, London International Show and the Birmingham Show, which are much smaller events, but they're mainly, you know, they're aimed at consumers. They're not buying events at all, and they're not really PR events. They're just kind of mm. a nice thing to do. They're enthusiast events as they're, much as anything. They're, they're a, a nice thing to do on a Sunday, yeah, basically. Yeah, they're, they're a chance for smaller uh, boutique uh, manufacturers to go and get their products in front of yeah. people who might not otherwise see them. I think the thing is, it is a shame because shows are really cool. They're yeah, really definitely. fun. You walk around and you see new stuff and you see interesting stuff. But 
it's just the the way that people find it, it comes down to what you say like but the way that people find out about gear is so different now yeah most most of the time most of the time punters know about stuff before people who work in shops do yeah that was certainly the case when when we were working in in the shop even yeah. though we were people who were actively engaged and looking for this stuff quite if you know if you follow fuzzrocious on uh instagram you probably know that they've released a pedal before the person that works in your local guitar shop yeah, does definitely yeah, and, and it's just there's no need to try and get people to try and get them the uh you know the the big shops to buy your gear it's just about marketing it to a certain degree and making it fun mm. and making you seem yourself seem approachable and a, a brand that people want to invest in emotionally yeah yeah yeah. so um yeah be interesting to see what happens with music messer over the next couple years whether it uh morphs into something else which is from seeing it this year i expect that's what they'll do they have a big like pro audio show there as well don't they isn't there isn't there like a big part of it that's lighting and um that side of things i think that's what music messer is i think there's all that stuff as well yeah but my understanding is that's kind of there's a but there's a competition for that as well. Right, something okay. that's better. Like I was speaking to uh, the fellas in, in Yamaha UK and they now go to, for all their pro launches, there's another one quite close to Mesa that's not, I, I couldn't tell you what it's called, but that's where More sort of like not install PA type thing. No, not Munich, okay. Yeah, and a lot of these brands go to IFA as well, yeah, which is the yeah, technology completely. show in Germany. You know, there's so many opportunities to get it out there. It's, um, and... I guess it's more for a lot of these brands it's what's going to get more mainstream press coverage and you know EFA definitely gets more mainstream press coverage so if you've got a product that transitions between the kind of pro and consumer electronics world um, then EFA is definitely where you would go you wouldn't necessarily go to, to Music Messer so yeah, yeah let's, um, let's see what happens over the next couple of years having, um, having said that there has been some news um, from, from Messer some news wait we'll get to it and uh, there's been some uh product releases uh, from Music Mesa and uh, elsewhere this week. So we should dive into a whole big old list of... News! <laughs> I like it. That was like someone running from the disc, like from the horizon up to the, uh, up with to some, the camera. With some news. I reckon that's what the... Uh, you, so it's, it's the Brighton Marathon today. Yeah. Um, Joe took it took Joe forever to get here in a taxi because uh, all a lot the, of the roads are closed. Lot of the roads are closed, and uh, two of the roads are closed. Well, yeah, you know, but I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. The uh, I just kind of imagine that that sound that you made there is what happened uh, when the original marathon happened, because obviously the original marathon was some geezer running from Athens to marathon. I think is the uh, way around marathon to Athens. Yeah, he ran I from. Think he ran- to tell them of the victory of the war right yes I think you're right and I can just imagine that just as, <laughs> just as he gets to Marathon just as he gets there he's just going news and he tells them and then he died didn't he so you know did he die after? yeah he died after really? running I, th- I think maybe he ran back I can't remember I'm sure he died you know, though so he died when they landed and went you know what we should do we should make this an annual challenge yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> who was the first person who went yeah that, that guy he ran for ages and then died straight away what I think we should do is try it again and see what happens yeah it's not uh, it's not for me so um big bit of news <laughs> this week uh from line six with the announcement of the power cab 112 and 112 plus joe b you've been following this story yes closely. what absolutely fantastic product for line six to release like this is completely totally on the money uh, this is this has changed the face of the helix and how the helix can be used what a great idea so it's an frfr cab well, it's so much more than that. Okay, but 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 yes, it is. But it's um, yeah. I mean, it's it's an FRFR cab with power amp in it. That so now that cab and the Helix has has become all that you'd need to take to a show. I, I mean, I, you know that what? What are you, what are you what are you laughing at? I just. It, <laughs> You got so animated about this on the Facebook group, and I you were so unwilling to listen to anybody's. Uh, anybody's concerns or oh, criticisms of the fact that no, people no, no. might still want to use a real amp, you know? This, well, this is this is now a real amp. I mean, I think for me, <laughs> no, it's not. Like, you can't just say that and then just you oh, know, gloss look, over it I'm and hope gonna... no one picks up on it. <laughs> no, it's it's um, it's an excellent way to change the way the the helix is is being used. I think the only criticism of this is coming from sort of a, a position of small mindedness. This is. It, it is like honestly, when you, you can honestly dis, you can dislike the way it sounds, but as a concept, 
you either you either don't get it because you're an idiot or you understand it and you go oh yeah that's a good idea so the thing that so there's two models the thing that I didn't understand is one of them has got cab modelling in it yeah okay so explain that to me so it's not cab modelling you're, okay. you're wrong it's um, it's 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 uh, there is a because cab modelling would be like uh, this it's a 112 cab modelling would be like use this to make it sound like a 412 it doesn't have yeah. anything like that that's not the idea okay it has uh, it has speaker cone uh, emulating okay so it so it it, it emulates six popular speakers so you know greenbacks okay. greenbacks vintage 30s and that's only in the plus I think that's in both actually what's the difference but with the plus in plus I think oh is I it is it's it's it only in, in the plus yeah no, it's, it's in both but the plus has an LCD screen where you can it has the line six link yeah um, which I think is for use with their PA system and, okay. and a USB audio interface right and a display and presets fine and IR loading, I think, in the cat in the speaker section. See and MIDI. So all that stuff makes sense to me mm-hmm. because that is more than just a standard FR FR setup does. Yeah, well, the, it's, it's the it introduces the power amp. That's that's having no, FR FRs have power amps. Yeah. Oh, do they? Not just speaker cabs. No, yeah. an FR FR is a full range, you know, flat speaker. Uh huh. But it's got a, a five hundred watt power amp in it. So you're amplifying the sound of your modelling unit without changing the tone that's coming from it. So the power cab really is only, to me, seems designed for the Helix because you can link the Helix to it and then do the cab modelling or the speaker modelling, but you're only modelling a 112. So what if you want to use the 412 modelling from a Helix and the power cab? Then you have to disable the 412 modelling and then just go through a 112 FRFR. Yeah, so what... The thing that I think people were trying to get across to you, Joe, in the Facebook group is you could essentially just buy a Mackie SRM450 and it does exactly the same job as the standard one, not the Plus, because that is doing something else. Sure. What you don't have, obviously, is the the different speaker modelling. But then at the same time, surely the Helix has that built in, so... Not the the speaker going modelling, no. it, it, It models a few different types of cabs. What's the, what's the price difference between the 112 and the 112 Plus? I think it's like 500 quid and 700 quid. Something that like seems that. like a lot of money to go, actually, you know what? For this song, I want it to sound like vintage 30s. Mm. Uh, well, you get, you get no, that. No, no, that's in both. You get that's that in both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. I, oh, absolutely. I think the standard one's going to be by far the, the most popular. I mean, if it's 500 pounds for that, you can get an LT now for 750 pounds. But is this not... But- are you not just plugging instead of plugging the helix into a pa you're plugging it into a monitor essentially um almost but because it's got because it has speaker cone emulation on there because it's actually going to sound like a cab this is this so is, is this for is this for this is for live use as opposed yeah. to for recording yeah. and it's and it's I, I, but how is this different to going it, into like a power amp and then into a cab. It's not. I think what that's the, and that's what do. that's what's great. That's what I really like about it. If I was going to get a Helix, I would not want to be plugging into a PA. Into a- I'd want to still have a cab and use it as an amplifier. I'd be wanting to take advantage of all those effects um, on on the Helix and. But you can do that into a PA speaker. Yeah, yeah, but you. Can, but I wouldn't want to, and I don't think a lot of people want to plug into a PA. Literally, just tech metal bands. I, I wouldn't want to, and the only reason I wouldn't get a Helix is because I'd be like, well, I don't really but want to have to I, take a cab and a power amp. But on. I don't understand what the difference is. You're basically getting exactly the same result for if you were going to plug into the power cab, the normal one. The plus, I understand, has other functions as well. Um, but what is, is the difference? Is it is it that is it that you are you don't need to take for example you can take the helix and you need to take a power cab instead of taking the helix your for the sake of argument DSL and Marshall four by twelve is that essentially what no because well, if you use a Marshall DSL you have to turn the effects off in the helix I guess the idea is that some people want a cab behind them yes for yes airfield, yeah 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 yeah. But, the thing is, is that no one would mic up that power cab because people want the emulation of a 412 through the PA. So you're going out direct out of the power cab into the front of the house anyway. That's what a, that's what a sound guy is going to do. So I think it's just for people who want the air feel of a cab. 
but you, on again, stage, but if you but they're just, still going into a PA. But if you still just put an SRM450 behind you instead of a guitar cab, it yeah. would do the same thing. So that's yeah. what I, I, I think it's a neat package because it looks like a nice guitar cab, and you know, it obviously is designed to work with the the Helix. But what I'm saying is, I don't think this is anything revolutionary over just plugging in. It's it's a nicer way of delivering the same result that you'd get with plugging into an SRM450. I think it's changed. It has made this accessible to to people who would be more traditional with how they would want to have their setup on stage. Yeah, sure. I, I, I mean, I, I would be happy to mic this up on on stage. That it would be fine. It's kind of it's making everything else. So I can find on the Helix. Um, but why? What I'm saying is, why would you mic it up? What's the point of doing that? Why, would why wouldn't you, you just come straight out of the line the, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You, you, you could absolutely do that. But but you have the option to use this in a more traditional way. Sure. Because you, you've now got access to all those effects. Yeah. And, and you can find the right amp sound for you without having to... Without it having to mean that you, you have to have that super modern metal-y setup where you're going through a, yeah, but a it's, PA. Uh, but all this literally is is a PA speaker in a guitar cab. Yeah, With that you can, yeah, that you can make sound like a a guitar cab. So now, well, yeah. <laughs> but that's what the Helix does. As yeah, standard. I know. But now, but now it's like an amp behind you. I don't understand why this is a problem. It's made the Helix it's into not a an problem. Amplifier. I'm just saying. All I'm saying is this is it's just a FRFR. There's nothing more. Yeah. I mean, obviously you can do this. The what they're kind of claiming is different speaker modelling, but the Helix does that in the Helix. Well, it doesn't. It does caps. It doesn't do speakers. Uh, sure. I think, I, mean, the, I, that, I think the idea with the speaker modelling is it's probably trying to model the dynamic response of a speaker, where an FRFR cab doesn't necessarily have much of a dynamic response. It's just amplifying what's coming out of your modeller. So I'm assuming the speaker modelling in the power cab is designed to model like the push and pull and the actual kind of cone cry, like the Oxbox in a in a one by twelve, which is something the Helix doesn't actually do. The Helix just models right cabs. In that case, that makes more sense. But do you I'm, not I'm, like that I'm idea guessing... that you can you can set this up with like you can make this cab into a vintage thirty, and then using the Helix, you can you can have your sort of baseman. Yeah, but, but I, I think I've, I've never, I've just, I've never the, really paid that much attention. Like, I think the problem for me is that people are so used to now taking the Helix and plugging into a PA system, and they've set their sound up, and they know. It's going to sound exactly like that, whether they plug into headphones, whether they plug into their studio monitors, or if they plug into an FRFR. You're now adding another element that you have to program. To but, me, that and seems also, rather strange. But also, what but you I know, think it's for a different type of player. Like, I wouldn't have bought the Helix before this came out, but now I might. But I don't. Why would you not just buy an amp? Would, uh, oh come on, mate! That's because I've got a hundred amps here. In yeah, this it's that versatility. But I don't understand what the difference of being able to switch out the speaker in the cab actually makes to you. I don't understand that because most players will just get a Helix. You know, they go out to the PA. So say okay, say they want like a, um, I don't know, like a Tweed Champ or something like that. That's going out to the PA, and then you're feeding that sound into a 112 that's got a completely different speaker sound in it to the one that's going out to the PA. I don't understand that. Well, I'm guessing you've got to turn an element of modelling off on the Helix. Yeah, I think... But then you can't take the line out to sound how you want it to sound. That's that's where this unless gets confusing you, Unless you can, unless there's a... Well, yeah, but then you've got a completely... Like, essentially, an, an effects loop, not an effects loop out, but like an You probably can out. do that, but then you've got a different sound coming out of the front of house than you've got mm. coming out of the, the cab that's on yeah, stage, yeah, yeah. which I don't... That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's an odd it's concept. Very, I think overall it's, it's a cool product, but it's just an, a niche... I guess maybe what this is, is it's, it's offering people the opportunity to use this in a venue which may be the, the sort of place that we play where you don't necessarily have a decent PA. You know, if you're going to a, a back room of a pub where you can't really line into stuff, you need to put everything through the amps. Maybe, the, you know, this is giving an option for there while still giving the uh, the aesthetics of a normal setup, quote-unquote, you know? 
I um I just really want to have a look at the back panel, but the problem is the website constantly flicks through all the angles. I'm like, can you just stop and just so I can have a look exactly what it looks yeah. like? I feel like I need to do a bit more reading to see what their test case for this is. Like, what are they saying this is for? Because that's what I don't understand. I don't really get it yet. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do some more reading on it and find out who they're aiming this at and what the general feedback is. Because at the moment, the feedback, I think on our Facebook group, is everyone's like me going, I don't understand this. Yeah. Except for Joe Brandon, who's like, this is the greatest thing that's ever been invented <laughs> by a company ever. I mean, we... You, do you know what? I, I, I don't know how your guys' memories are so short. Like, we have literally had conversations about how this would be a good product to couple with the Helix. It's come out, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, I don't know why they've done that. We have had conversations but would, about them releasing But I would understand this. it if it was just, okay, we've put an, a PA speaker, essentially, in a nice-looking cab, and you can have this on stage, and you're still getting the sound out that you get out the front through the cab that you've got. I that, think the thing... I would understand that. I think the ultimate uh, issue with things like the Helix is that you can't plug into the front end of an amplifier. Yeah. So this kind of allows you to do that. Yeah. Yes. But right now the problem is is look from my memory of the interface is that you'd then have to disable the cab modeling in the Helix which means you then can't have the sound of a 412. Surely we're just getting this I, I feel like we're sort of going around in circles here. That can't be the case. It, I, that, it is the case. It, that can't that that, that is, can't be the case. It is. I. It, it literally says it in the line six write up that you would, that you would turn off the the cab modelling, of of the helix when using this. Manual but for that, it. but that, that is that. That's really really weird. But that so that seems like if I. That if, seems if that, that is, seems like an oversight as much as anything else. Well, no. So basically, that would mean to me that the what they're thinking this is for is for people who are at home who never want to hear the cap, the modeling don't want to use the modeling out of they the just amp. want to use the power amp they do, or they just want to modeling. use they just want to use the effects that are in there and the preamps and don't want to use the any of the amp cabs. modeling the cab not necessarily the, the cabs yeah because you'd still use the amp modeling sure you, yeah you, sorry you still about, use the amps but you wouldn't use the cabs we're talking about turning off one of the smallest you know less least important parts of the helix yeah but also it's kind of this. why that why the helix exists it's kind of why modelers exist so that you don't have to plug into a cab um, yeah it's a weird product let's do some more reading we can talk about this more next week because sure. I feel like we've dwelled on it long enough without knowing exactly who they're aiming this for which is the key I'm thing about do my this favorite product. thing and read the manual <laughs> he loves it he loves it Matt before you do that do you want to tell us about the new limited edition Black Walnut Martin Acoustics launch at Music Mesa this week yes one of only well only as we said only a few things that were launched at Mesa um, just doing a bit of reading into it it's not even on Martin's website yet and they haven't actually announced a, a specs so I think it's more of like a teaser launch okay um, it's going to feature the Fishman Matrix VT Enhanced Electronics um, they promised that the woods will produce uh, clear, bright trebles and the perfect amount of bass, um, which I think is what every acoustic company. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to have really clean highs. It's going to be, you know, really bassy. It's going to be lovely. Um, and they're doing a dreadnought model and a grand performance model, and that is it so far. But in a nice, fetching black walnut wood. I love when limited you go to the edition as well. I love when you go to the Martin booth at like NAMM or whatever and they've just got loads of limited edition stuff that you'll never see in a shop, but it all looks absolutely incredible. Same with Rickenbacker. When you go there and they've got like all of the like Laredo models and stuff like that, you'll never ever see them out in the wild, but it's well, nice not to see them. Not like even normal that. Rickenbacker for that. Well, well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not even that, but they had, they had like a five-string 4003. Yeah. They had three five-string 4003s yeah. there. The chances of like, ever seeing I, one. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know that they did five-string versions of these, let alone that they'd ever made three. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah it's, uh, it's good to see those things, but it's a shame that you'll never see them in stores. Um, talking of something else, a n- new guitar launch this week. Jay Cross, brand new Fender model, 58 Jazzmaster. Yeah, I think this is something that um, we all saw coming you know, a couple of years ago when it was, okay, wow, it's the uh, 60th anniversary of the Jazzmaster this year. You know, what's going to happen? Of course, 60th anniversary Jazzmaster comes out. Yeah. Um, really cool. Saw these at NAMM. Um, and they're like announced and readily available. I think. What's uh, the um, What's the spec? So um, it is based on a you know uh, exact sort of replica of the fifty eight Jazzmasters. So sunburst, 
uh, Gold Anodized Guard, um, Vintage Voiced uh, Single Coil Jazz Master Pickups. Black Se- Pickups as well. Uh, yes, uh, 725 Radius Board, so, you know, not for everyone, but um, d- d- Nitro nitro Finish. Uh, they look fantastic. They sound fantastic. And, uh, yeah, based off of the, uh, well, just based off of the the pictures that came out at NAM. I think it's the first in a, a cool line of jazz masters that we'll see this year. Yeah, and this is uh, you, this is not custom shop made. This is just no, regular. It's a, it's US a regular uh, US guitar. Um, yeah. Price wise, uh, just shy of two Gs. Okay, where does that fall in comparison to the American originals? Uh, it's kind of in line. The American originals are eighteen hundred pounds. Right. Okay. So you're paying a little bit for the limited edition. Uh, kind of anniversary nature of it. Uh, American original jazz masters are a little less than that. Actually, they are fifteen hundred pounds okay. there or thereabouts. I mean, personally, I much prefer the look of the uh, of the new one. I'm into that really? fifty eight look. I, I see. I'd never. I was never really. I never really thought it suited the the kind of the gold guard and the black. Pickups. Oh, I love it. I just you know a jazz master should be in a surf color with a. You know, I mean, there's definitely guard. there's definitely room for that. And looking at pictures of the American originals here, they do look stunning. But yeah, yeah I really like that sunburst with the anodized guard and black pickups. It's the only time that sunburst works for me, I think. What with an anodized guard? Yeah, like a fifty-seven P bass. Yeah, sort of def- fifty-eight Jazzmaster even. Yeah, yeah, one of those. <laughs> but P- yeah, I P- guess the, the, the difference the difference here the the main difference that you're looking at between the American original Jazzmasters and the fifty-eight Jazzmasters, other than the aesthetics, is the uh, original the American originals have got uh, nine point five yeah. radius, and uh, they are. Uh, I don't think they're nitro fin. No, they are nitro finish. Yeah, sorry, of course okay. they are. So yeah, I mean it's that it's that um, it's that uh, that radius and also the, the sort of the aesthetics and the pickups are slightly different. I think the uh, the American originals use sixty five. I think sixty five pickups as yep. opposed to so they're a little bit you know slightly woolier different, sounding. Different I guess voice. that's what I've always yeah I've they're always generally not it. as aggressive yeah. sounding. Uh, if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, but yeah, cool, cool range. It's, uh, it's, it's so funny to think, about, think back to when we sort of started doing this and how when Squire released the uh, all those vintage modified, we were like, oh, great. I just wish there was like this stuff, but, you know, but, throughout the range. And now you just look at it. It's just 
offset and it you know not just fender there's just there's just offsets everywhere they've just become so so popular in the last five years i think it speaks volumes that uh compared to their competitor uh fender have gone oh the audience wants loads of offsets (laughs) let's make that like the price points that they want um yeah it's uh i think it's pretty telling that they're they're listening to the audience definitely and producing the right thing one last bit of news this week matt knight uh tell us about a brand new tremolo pedal from ernie ball music man Yes, uh, we talked very, very briefly about this at NAMM, but it is officially launched um, worldwide today, um, available in the US. It's the Expression Series Tremolo Pedal. Um, I got sent this maybe just after NAMM, I think, and we couldn't really say anything about it until until today. It's really cool. I love the idea because... The, the overdrive, I was kind of like, hmm, maybe with delay, it's, you know, kind of cool. But this one, it's nice because it's a reverb pedal on its own without the expression. If you don't want to use the expression on the reverb, you can just have it as a reverb pedal at the end of your chain. But then you can click down and then access the um, the trem function, which you've then got control over rate and depth, either at the same time or individually. All the controls are at the back, sort of nice spring sound, you know, five different waveforms on tremolo so it's really nice if you want kind of that vintage voiced and styled trem with a bit of reverb or even if you want something a little bit modern but it's nice having control over the rate i think that was the depth i was kind of like the depth i'll just sort of set and forget but the rate it was kind of nice to go between sort of slow and fast speeds depending on, on what you were doing so how do you because of, we should mention that this is in the kind of like rocker style pedal like an ernie ball junior volume um pedal and mm. so how do you set what the treadle like the wah or the you know the the real-time controller how do you set what that controls at right in depth? Is there a switch on the back? Yeah, so basically all the, um, I think it's two of the knobs on the back um, click in. Okay. And then there's different little LEDs to tell you which ones you're controlling, basically. So the, the, you can't actually like turn them off unless you turn it all the way down, yeah. for example. So if you were kind of going for like a vintage Fender vibe, as it were, and you kind of left the spring on all the time, uh, and then you could just uh, control the rate with the trem. Or if you didn't want the trem effect in all the time, for example, you could control the depth and leave the rate uncontrolled by the expression itself, which is, that's quite a cool thing. Cause then you can have an always on reverb that models like the spring and an amp. And then as you move the expression forward, it fades in the depth of, of the tremolo, for example, yeah. or if you want both on at the same time. Um, or if you don't want at all, I, the only thing, if you don't want either of them on, but you kind of want to click something on, you'd have to put it in like an effects loop, as it were. Yeah. You know, like a little one loop bypass switcher. Um, but I left the reverb on all the time and then just kind of used it for either um, rate or depth. No, it's, um, it's a pretty useful pedal. Again, I kind of has had some reservations about this concept with the expression series when they were doing like distortion and stuff. But this makes total sense, you know. Yeah, this and the delay, definitely. Yeah. Those are the sort yeah. of things you want to be able to real-time control. Definitely. Yeah. The, the problem I had with this, because they showed this at NAMM, didn't they? Yeah. And I went and I don't think I was with you when I went to the... We basically didn't see you for most of NAMM, so... Yeah, I, so it, I went, when I had a bit of time on the Sunday, I went to go and check these out. And the, the thing that put me off was, by the sounds of things, they might have just plugged headphones into the... Like the the whatever they were using as an amplifier was just was just it, just like it non was non borderline mod- unlistenable like non modelling basically yeah it just was a- just it was just absolutely atrocious they had all all the the, the three 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 um, yeah yeah because the, three the drive the delay and and the bits. and the trem yeah and they had all three there and I I really wanted to give them a go because I like you Joe I think it's a really cool concept for the for the delay and for the the trem I, I agree with Mark the distortion is a bit weird but you know I gave it a go and I just it just it was such a bad setup it really really put me off i thought yeah. well i just i don't want to get anywhere near this but if 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 matt if you're saying that it's it's worth another look at then for sure yeah i definitely think like i'd like to try it at maybe a little bit more volume through a little a few more different amps and stuff but as a concept i thought it was quite nice to be able to like fade in the tremolo yeah. for example but then have it as an always on reverb yeah cool um cool little pedal indeed um, i think we've got some pictures and video coming this week I think that's the yeah. plan. Yeah, I liked what um, what because I think this concept always been has has been quite good. Because is it the shaker? Is that the um, that's the TC, the TC vibrato? Vibra- uh, TC vibrato. They had a um, uh, uh, a, 
what's the control called? You could they had a latching mode where when you held the button down, it would like the 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 effect would fade in and then fade out again. It had like a a rate isn't the the right word, but the, one of the controls on there would just let it sort of blend in and then blend out again when you yeah. And it was, it was so fantastic, like it sounded um, amazing. And if you can do that with this, I think it would be great. It, it also I got reminded of a Fender pedal. I don't think we ever probably really talked about that was discontinued and now goes for a load of money the fender runaway i don't remember that at all which was the feedback expression pedal so as you moved the expression forward it basically latched a note and created natural feedback it was a feedback simulator we're looking at a picture of it now and that looks like the maddest pedal i've ever seen this is the most 80s effect pedal of all time this came out at the same time as like sublime and all of those ones I think wow it looks like something you, that you would buy that you could put Ninja Turtles action figures into it's a kind of slime green with like a fake metal uh, like a f- expression pedal on it that's clearly it looks like it's plastic and it's kind of sprayed like aluminium <laughs> this is very odd do go and check it out, came out Fender t- Runaway 2012 it was, I think it's powered by the same technology as the early Mustangs I think weird we should get one of those let's see if I can um, find one and I've also, we obviously won't go into detail about it. I've just been looking at the power cab. Yeah. And yeah. they actually suggest that you plug your Helix into it and then you go out into the PA. And the idea is that having the cab on stage gives you a real amp feel, but your modelled sound still just goes through a PA. Yeah, but then so your sounds really, are going to be totally different. I think it's just for player feel because they're saying that if you go straight into a PA, some people don't like the sound because it sounds too recorded or it sounds too unnatural which i guess is defeats the point of the modeling in the helix anyway but the idea of having a cab on stage is you've got more of a real feel speaker behind you that's not a guitar amp because if you go into a guitar amp you have to turn the modeling off yeah so you can basically go into what what is effectively a real 112 but then still go out into the pa so the sound guy can still have your modeled sound straight into the PA. It's a very weird thing. I'm going to do a bit more reading and watch some videos and we'll talk about it a bit more next week. Um, in the meantime, because we were low on news this week... Oh, oh, the, the, uh, interrupt your segue. Uh, MXR did also put out a new drive. Okay. They What's put it? out the Sugar Drive. Oh, no, they talked about that a little while ago. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, that's oh. been out for a little while. It was I think. a NAM release. Oh, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I no, did I'll forget that see, then. No, I saw that because someone else had reviewed it this week. Yeah, they just landed in the UK. Yeah. So I just had a look. Clon clone basically yeah 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 yeah. anyway sorry so in the absence of uh, much news i thought i'd put together a little quiz for you boys to uh fill out the rest of this podcast you know that you know that we already do a quiz right of course but you know that we do a quiz and we have like a format for it it's every 25 or so episodes but i just wanted to do this because we we have a format for this and it's every 25 or so episodes and it's not your turn so because last week uh obviously we're feeling left out because you're not as smart as matt knight we missed the uh we missed the podcast oh wait no you did win didn't you yeah um we um we missed the podcast last week due to wrestlemania obviously we were recording on a different day and something happened at wrestlemania that made me think i've got an idea for a guitar nerds quiz so we're gonna throw joe branton yeah through, through a table, table. <laughs> oh, if only that's the absolute dream um gentlemen i'm calling this quiz stomp box or wrist locks what i've done is taken the name of either a guitar pedal or a professional wrestling finishing move and you guys have to guess which one it is oh god so and i'm gonna score it on uh yeah you basically have to you say uh professional wrestling move or you say stomp box um and i'm gonna add up the points and then we'll see who the winner is so <laughs> you you'll be surprised just how much crossover there is and at the end of this i'm gonna read out some quite a long list of ones that i couldn't use because they are both stomp boxes and professional <laughs> wrestling moves so first up the graphic going first We'll go with Matt first. We'll okay. go around. Matt, Joe, Jay. So Anti-clockwise. Interesting. So, the first one. Gravity Bomb. Matt Knight. Professional wrestling move or stomp box? That. Hmm. I'm going to say wrestling move. Okay. Matt says wrestling move. Joe Branton, the gravity bomb. Definitely a wrestling move. Jay Cross. Uh, I'm going to go with the differential here and say stomp box. That is a point to Jay Cross. It is <laughs> yeah. a mini boost pedal by Copper Sound Pedals. Let me just make a note. I need to uh, 
Jay. I've got a pen and paper here. If you oh, want. yeah, if you could score it, Matt, that'd what? be helpful. That, that's outrageous. Yeah, Matt, you can score it. Be be fair, be fair. And look, I'm always fair. In fact, I'm the fairest. Okay, so that's one point to uh, to Jay. No points to you. We'll do so uh, one the... point to me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Next up, the Anaconda Vice, Matt Knight. <laughs> Wrestling move or stomp box? Anaconda Vice. Mm, it sounds like it could be a compressor pedal, so I'm going to go with stomp box. Joe Branton. Uh. Wrestling move. Jay Cross. Uh, Anaconda Vice. I'm also going to go wrestling move this time. It is a wrestling move. Oh, uh, compression oh. choke submission hold invented by Hiroshi Tenzin, but most recently used by CM Punk. So that's a point for Joe and a point for Jay. Got Next it. up, the ultimate destroyer, Matt Knight. <laughs> God, I really hope all of these are wrestling moves because they sound amazing. Um, ultimate destroyer. Pedal or wrestling move? I'm also going to put in a suggestion for what kind of effect it could be. It sounds like it could be some sort of hum eliminator. So I'm also going to say Stomp Box. Stomp Box for Matt Knight, Joe Branton. What was it again? Ultimate Destroyer. I Yeah, I'm going to go Stomp Box. Okay, Jay Cross. I think that Matt is getting confused with the ISP... Des- what was that called? The Decimator, decimator yeah. I think it's a Behringer pedal, though. I'm, I'm sure there's a Behringer I, I, oh, Ultimate pedal. Destroyer. I'm going to say Wrestling Move. It is a pedal. Ah, the Dodd yes. DOD FX16, one of the rarest Dodd pedals, uh, is a very, very high-gain distortion. Um, I tried to find somewhere where you could buy one or even find out any information, and there's literally one forum where they've got a picture and a spec sheet, and that is it. Like, so many people are saying, yeah, I've never, ever seen this out in the wild. It is incredibly rare. Oh, okay. Okay, next one. Uh, so, Matt, that was a point for you and a point for Joe. Um the next one, hold on tight, wrestling move or pedal. Matt Knight. Mm, I've just got a feeling you're going to try and trick us. And I'm, uh, I'm going to say wrestling move. Joe pedal. Br- it's definitely a pedal. I also think it's a pedal. It is a pedal. Uh, a limited edition pedal by Hofner. It was a bass distortion pedal. <laughs> the hold on tight. Wait, wait, wait. We saw some Hofner effects. didn't? Was it you and I that saw them at the uh, at Birmingham Guitar Show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. They all had like a beat. They were white with like Beatles e hands drawn artwork, and then the control knobs were yeah like that, the Hofner control. Oh, is that's that the same is? as this one? Yeah, it's a it, yeah, it's like a white pedal with gold yes. text on it with some yeah. Okay, next up, what, the Hofner website is absolutely atrocious. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> next up, Manite White Noise. Is it a wrestling move or an effects pedal? Noise. I'm trying to think if there was actually a pedal that created white noise. But then if it's a wrestling move, that sounds like a really odd name for a wrestling move. It's Stompbox or Wristlock, Matt Knight? Uh, I'm going to go with Stompbox. Okay, Joe Branton. Stompbox. Jay Cross, the white noise. Um, White noise, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say wrestling move. It is a wrestling move. Performed ah. by Seamus uh, is a modified air raid crash. Um, so that's a point for Jay Cross. Uh, just so as you know, the hold on tight is actually a current model. Is it? Okay, when I was reading about it, it said limited edition. Yeah, limited edition hold on tight. Yeah, it's probably because uh, still not sold any. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the ones yeah, that I we... Yeah, I mean, uh, who goes to Hofner for effects pedals? Yeah, it's by the looks of things, it has a Portuguese man of war on the... Uh, that's also a wrestling move. <laughs> <laughs> right, next up, the mic cut... Pedal or wrestling move? Matt Knight. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was an electroharmonics pedal. The mic cut. I'm going to go pedal. Stomp box. Stomp box. Joe Branton. Uh, Stomp box. Jay Cross. I'm going to say this is a trick question. Mike Cut is actually a wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) If only. (laughs) The best name ever. Michael Cut. Michael Cut. Um, No, I think it's a wrestling move. It is a pedal. Ah. It is a microphone routing pedal by the company Lock and Rock, which I'd never heard of before. But uh, yeah, it's um, basically so if you're a guitar player and you use a microphone on stage, uh, it's basically a AB switcher but with XLRs rather than. Uh, ah, I'm sure we've talked some, about that something similar on the podcast before, like years ago. Yeah, it's like quite an old pedal, I think. 
Yeah, know? yeah, very weird. Is this weird. so you can use a um, uh, blah, 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 blah thing? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know that blah, 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 the, a voice box thing. Not no. voice box, that's not the right thing. The, no, uh, talk box. I talk think box, it's so yeah. that you can have two microphones blah, blah, on blah, stage blah, blah. and one runs through some effects and one's completely dry. Yeah, right, you can okay. do, uh, basically it's a mic routing system. So you can either have two mics or you can send a microphone out to two different things. Yeah. So okay. you could, yeah, essentially send it through a pedal chain or things like that. Yeah. Next up, the accolade. Matt Knight, stomp box or wrist lock? Hmm. That doesn't sound like a very good wrestling move. The accolade. Accolade. No, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say because I've said stomp box a lot, so I'm gonna say wrestling move. Just taking a punt. Joe Branton. Wrestling move. Jay Cross. Uh, I'm gonna say. A guitar pedal. It is a wrestling move. Oh, yes. uh, currently employed by uh, Rusev. Uh, it's kind of like a modified camel clutch. Right, okay. Um, okay, couple more. Let's do... Okay, the Doom Treader. Stomp box or wrist lock, Matt Knight? Oh, is that a trick question? Doom Treader. Is it a trick question? They all sound like both, mate. It's not. I know. Some of them sound more, way more like that. There's no way there could be a wrestling move called Doom Treader. But a feeling that it's probably some sort of stomp box. Joe Branton. It, I wonder if it's a wrestling move by Legion of Doom. The Doom Treader. Hmm, but treading is something you do with pedals. Exactly. That's why this quiz is so good. I'm gonna go wrestling move. I'm gonna say guitar pedal. It is a guitar pedal. No! Um, it's a fuzz by a company that I'd not heard of before called Zombie Effects Lab. Uh, and they oh, do yeah, heard of them. they do like kind of mad themed pedals, basically. And yeah, this is basically a pedal that's designed for doom. It's like super high gain, sludgy sounding overdrive. So um, yeah, they're a company worth checking out. I'd not heard of them before. Let's do one more. I've got a huge list here, but let's do one more. Um, Matt Knight, the Shining Wizard. Are we saying pedal or wrestling move? <laughs> Uh, oh, what would it be? Maybe it would be if it was a stomp box. It'd be it would be a clean boost. Would it be a clean boost, or would it be some sort of weird ambient reverb? Oh, could be. Could be. Yeah, it could be a shimmer only delay reverb. Uh, see, now you said that, I'm sort of. I want shining, the, the shining wizard. wizard. Yeah, I'm pushing you for an answer, Matt. Night. Okay, shining I'm gonna wizard. Say, I'm going to say. Stompbox. Joe Branton. Stompbox. Jay Cross. Uh, a wrestling move. It is indeed a wrestling move. <laughs> no! and it's a, a running knee to the Matt, face. We need to make a shiny wizard. <laughs> the sh- <laughs> oh, the shiny wizard is a running knee was. to the face. It's a running knee to the face as utilised by Wales' own Nixon Newell, uh, up and coming female wrestler. It's, uh, yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good move. Um, before we do the results, I'll tell you the ones that I couldn't use because they are both pedals and uh, wrestling moves. The Jackhammer, the Dirty Deeds. Oh, the Jackhammer. That is a, a, a quintessential pedal. Marshall drive. Yep. Everyone's first pedal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the DDT. The Dirty, t- the dirty Deeds is a Seymour Duncan. Seymour Duncan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the DDT. Uh, the Kill Switch, which oh, is by the wrestling move. Electro electro harmonics. Harmonics. Uh, the WMD. The Shell Shock. What's the WMD? Uh, it's a... I can't remember who made it, it's by, but... It's called... The, it's a company called WMD. makes something called the Geiger That's Counter. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, okay. um, the uh, Shell Shock. Uh, the Tombstone, which is both. What, um, what, what, wait, what is the Tombstone pedal? I can't remember. I didn't write down who these are by. I just uh. wrote down a list. Uh, the Zigzag. Uh, and last but... <laughs> the Zig and Zag. Last but not least, of course... The Worm, both oh, of the best uh, wrestling <laughs> oh, move of all time, and the Electro Harmonics uh, Tremolo, or was it? The Worm's like a, it's a vibrato. It was a multi effect. Yeah, it's so a multi effect. Vibrato, yeah. and and then it had two different types: Whirly or something else. I can't remember. I don't know if I've uh, if I've ever told you this before. Maybe I have. I feel like maybe I have said this on, on the podcast. But once, uh, I when I was working in in GAC. Um, one of my mates came in to the shop to buy a couple of pedals and he wanted the worm and he also wanted I think it was like a, uh, I think it was a POG or something it was two electroharmonics pedals and uh, I went um, it, the, the shop was quite quiet but you know there was people milling about and I went upstairs to go and grab the uh, grab the two pedals brought them down and uh, I just wanted to check that everything was in there you know and, and so I opened it up and I pulled the pedal out and uh, and as I pulled the pedal out, 
uh, a, a, a worm jumped out at me because <laughs> the electroharmonics, I've forgotten that electroharmonics include a little rubber worm. <laughs> so good. It's like a little toy rubber worm with every worm pedal. And it honestly, it scared the living daylights out of me. I screamed when I saw it. And I, I think that I'm usually a pretty chilled out fella, but I, I absolutely lost it. And everyone in the shop uh, saw me scream and jump up because a worm f- flew out of a box at me. You're scared of the worm. Absolutely. Matt Knight, give us the uh, give us the results then. Give us um, well, who came last, who came second, and who came first. Well, that um, that last question was actually a decider. Really? Okay. Or not. Um, so in last place was myself. Oh, with Matt Knight. Four. Second place was Joe Branton. No! With five. First was Jay with six. I, f- I feel like Jay won this because you two always pick the same answer and then Jay just picked the opposite. So <laughs> it meant that when you guys got it wrong, he automatically that got it right. That isn't true. That isn't completely true. I went for a couple of differentials when I wasn't sure. You know, sometimes sometimes it's just worth being antagonistic and difficult. Isn't that right, Joe? Yes. <laughs> I want to do more of these because there's other things that I think sound a lot like guitar pedals or guitars that we could, uh, we could do. I don't know, like... Sci-fi ships or something like that. Oh sure. yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, there, there's plenty to do. Is um, it? Uh, I've got one for you. Uh, guitar pedal or sci-fi ship? The uh, Millennium Falcon. It's probably both now. I would imagine someone incorrect. It's an electroharmonics compressor. Good, very good, very good. <laughs> Before we um, wrap up, we should answer a couple of questions. <laughs> <laughs> First up, Stuart says, modern day replacement for the Line 6 M5 that isn't the H9. Matt and I, what are we saying? Um, I don't, well. Helix I, effects? I guess, yeah, but, it, no, for, but the M, for the M5. That's, that's an 80 pound pedal. Like, yeah. You know. um, there isn't one. <laughs> okay. Well, the M5 is still so good though. Yeah. The M5 is still, there, there's, there's nothing else you can get with that much on it for that price that's that high quality. But not many people are doing multi-effects where you can only choose one effect. You know what else is there? That Moore I mean, mod box. Yeah, that's well, discontinued. Are you replacing? Are you want to replace it with something of the same cost, or do you want to replace it with something that does as much? That because you could say, well, you could use an MS3. Yeah, realistically, and it's got all the effects in it, equal amount of effects and effects loops for external control. But once again, that's the same as the HX. Same thing. It's just they're way more money. I think for sub a hundred quid, I don't think there is anything. It's still the best addition to any pedal board if you're working on a budget basically yeah, because yeah. you get pretty much all the effects that are in like the helix effects actually it's, it's a slightly slim down amount but obviously you can only affect or you can only have one on at a time but a lot of it's in there and it's what 89 quid or something yeah, like that. yeah. Well, these yeah, pedals great. really come into their own when you use midi because then you've got a bunch of presets and then if you've got a midi switcher you can then access all those presets without physically having to like press up and down yeah. through banks and stuff like that but the h9 is i think the, the top of the pile when it comes to stuff like that and if you buy a, an h9 max you get every new effect they ever release for free for life yeah so how it's much is how much upgraded. is a max i think the maxes are about 550 yeah I they're like i mean it's a serious investment we're talking about something quite different from the m5 at that point yeah. aren't we really yeah exactly yeah um john says how does one find out about fender fsr releases i've missed some good ones in the past few years jay cross um it's a good question really i mean the, the fsrs can be um they can be any they can be basically anything um they can sometimes be dealer exclusive. They can sometimes be retailer exclusive. They can sometimes be, um, sorry, that's the same thing. That I meant to say region exclusive. So yeah. sometimes you get stuff in the US that doesn't make it over to Europe and, and vice versa. Um, I have, uh, I don't think I can, don't think it's, uh, it's, it's, a secret for me to say that I have uh, put my two cents in on a couple of uh, FSRs that are likely to <laughs> likely to come out this year, um, which is very exciting. Um, and uh, watch this space; some very very cool things on their way. Um, I, the long and the short of it is, you kind of just need to keep your eyes open because there are, um, you know, if there's if there's something that's a retailer exclusive, you're only going to see about it if you follow that retailer on social media or on their website but 
the thing is is that if it's retail exclusive it's likely to be a very large retailer yeah and there's only a handful in the world who would be able to do a sort of retailer exclusive fsr other than that it's just a case of just keeping an eye out on the uh fender instagram on on the guitar notes forum because uh and listening to the podcast because we'll always talk about them yeah when cool stuff comes out i think there's kind of accidental retail exclusives as well isn't there where you'll do i don't know 10 or 20 of something and one retail or a couple of retailers might go yeah we want those and then they're not available elsewhere it's rare that it's rare that there will only be uh 10 or 20 okay um what sort of numbers are there generally on let's say an fsr guitar um Again, it, there's a lot of variables. Right. It's it's not quite as simple as saying like, well, there will be fifty. Yeah. Um, it's not quite as simple as that. It's um, because it depends on what goes into the guitar. If it's just a simple color change, then it can be not very many. Uh, you know, if it's a uh, putting putting a Bigsby on something, then again, it might not be that many. But if it's doing something quite elaborate, like doing maybe a guitar left-handed, then you need to do a certain yeah, amount yeah. to make it worthwhile. So it's it's not quite as simple as just saying, well, there's X amount, but um, there's there's yeah, I, d- I don't really know how to, how to answer how to answer the question, how to find out about them. I think you just need, unfortunately, it's just a case of keeping your eyes open and the stuff that's cool will get talked about. Yeah, make sure you follow the obvious retailers on social media, I guess, because yeah. that's where it's most likely to pop yeah, up. Yeah, and you know, same with if you're if you're in the US, sorry, if you're in Europe, it's worth keeping an eye on uh, what like Musicians Friend and Sweetwater and GC yeah. are doing because a lot of that stuff does only go there. But um, it's not to say that it won't trickle over to Europe at yeah. some point if uh, if there's enough demand for it. Yeah. Um, that's it for the show that's uh, a whole lot of stuff I feel like we've packed in there considering there was pro- kind of no news out of Music Messer this week um, if you want to hear more over on the Patreon episode this week we're going to go and finish off our what we started last week which was talking about this down here um, issue of Total Guitar Magazine which is the Reader Awards 2006 we talked about some of the ads and stuff in there last week we're going to talk about the uh, the gear that won awards and some of the other stuff that's reviewed in this there this week little flashback to 12 years ago the where the gear scene was there um, if you want to hear how was the gear scene 12 years ago Joe? I'd, I was it, it was it wasn't a patch on today Joe really? was, yeah. was back into the gear scene 12 years ago <laughs> yeah. from what I hear um, if you want to hear that <laughs> patreon.com <laughs> forward slash guitar nerds we're from as little as one dollar a month you can get some stuff you can support even <laughs> the Guitar Nerds podcast $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad free and early $5 a month gets you the extra half an hour every week um, plus also access to mini series and exclusive interviews and the $10 a month means that you go on to our exclusive executive backer tier um, which means you get your name read out every show like these people have by Joe Branton in one breath Mark did it. Mark took a breath. I took a breath. Through. I couldn't oh, do it last week. Okay. I obviously don't have the uh, lungs. Uh, the lung fortitude. I that do have you really have. large lungs. <laughs> and I, I have a large rib cage, which I assume means I have large lungs. Maybe not. Maybe they're tiny in there, but there's just a lot of space <laughs> around them. Um, what song are we going to do? I don't know. I'll just do this. No, no, no. Oh, it's good. No, no. What's the Doug thing? Jim? We were listening to we were listening to Devo earlier before oh, yeah? we got here, and okay. uh, Maddie. No, was it one of you said? You know, he did the uh, Mark Mother's Bow. Mark Mother's Bow. Yeah, Mark did, Mother's Bow. Did, did the Doug thing tune. Um, how I did can't that remember go? how it goes now. Uh, Harry. <laughs> Ryan McDermott, Rob Cousins, Rob Gould, Nate Miguel, Nagel, Tucker, Abaddon, Ernie Cooper, Emery James Baker, Christoph Ramses, Shane Omar, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Derek Windsor, Martin Glim, Matt Davis, Aaron Sermon, Blake Wyland, Jake Gray, Christopher Lewis, Juan Correa, Scott Kennedy, Robin Smith, Rob Nordwick, Rob Grant, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Carlos Matra, Steve Muggle, Blatt Holmes, Marcos, Brad Bates, Jenny Short, Annie McKenzie, Laurie Amstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Trans, Scott O'Brien, Phil Thompson, Moe Gravett, Colin Anderson. I see a few of you have added names in the misguided belief that I would somehow run out of air when I was saying them, but that's not the case. As you can clearly hear, I can get another 10, 20 names in. Ha! <laughs> I didn't think you were going to be able to make it this, no, this week. No, because you stumbled a couple. In there, yeah. yeah. 
It's, uh, it's, it's quite impressive. Uh, yeah, totally. After doing it last week, I'm really surprised that a man in such bad physical shape as Joe Branton can actually uh, do it. It's very... Uh, Big it's lungs. Very, indeed. Big huge, lungs. huge lungs. Yeah, Nate Small pointed brain. out... Nate, lungs. Nate pointed out that it's Nagel, where I, I think I'm going to carry on saying Nuggle. <laughs> it's almost like Nagal. Stephen Seagal. Nagal. Stephen Nagal. Sorry, what you've said there is the person who pays us yeah. for their name to be read I'm out say their has name complained as... that you read their name out incorrectly. And instead of uh, apologising and correcting, what you're doing there is doubling down. I'm going to say Stephen Seagal instead of <laughs> Nate Nagel every week from now on. I'm glad people pay for this. If you want to join in the conversation, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Guitar Nerds and you can go to youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos for some video fun. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Cheers, gang. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.